0: Hi, I'm Neve Byrne, and you're listening to the Hearstboard Energia AIL Rugby Show, brought to you by Energia. Think of the possibilities Welcome back to the Hairsport Energia AIL Rugby Show, brought to you by Energia. My name is Alana Knan, and today I'm joined by former Irish Rugby International Hannah Terrell. How are you keeping Hannah?
1: Yeah, all good. Looking forward to dissecting a good week of rugby.
0: In horrible conditions <laughs> as well, that's a theme throughout all the games and a big impact as well on them as well.
1: Yeah, look, unfortunately, um, the first half of the season is usually marred by those winter conditions and uh, it's usually you know, the teams that can deal with them the most effectively that manage to, to get the most out of it and, and get a couple of points. But definitely last weekend, there were some really, really tricky conditions that both teams had to contend with.
0: For sure. And uh, there we saw Setonians Railway Union, Old Belvedere and UL Bowes pick up the wins. You can catch all the highlights back on Irish Rugby's YouTube channel. Uh, did you manage to make it to any games or were you watching the highlights along with the rest of us um,
1: no I was a fair weather fan this week to be honest no look I've had a few busy weekends and this was my first one off but I did catch the the Old Belvedere stream um, probably played in slightly nicer conditions um, and they put on a good show and had Jenny Murphy on comms which is always a, uh, you know, a good positive she's a wealth of knowledge so I managed to catch that one uh, I'm probably a little bit biased towards them so I'm always <laughs> going to choose them over others
0: very good and it was a good one to watch as well Um, obviously as you say the energy is stream available there to watch but uh, plenty of stories coming out of the energy AOL uh, over the last while in particular one that stood out this week was black rocks amelia McFarland, who bravely spoke of her experience uh, coming back from cancer such a inspirational story and really i suppose one to be admired
1: yeah look uh, obviously uh a tough one to take for her, I'm sure, when she was initially diagnosed. But for her to get through that and, and come through the treatment and kind of get on the other side, I know she's not fully clear now, but to be back playing rugby almost a year um, since she was diagnosed is a phenomenal feat. And it's a credit to her and it's a credit to her teammates as well, you know, to be around her and supporting her. She's uh, from Donegal initially, but she's living down in Dublin, uh, studying down here in Blackrock, have taken her in under her wing. And, um, you know, for her to get her first start in, uh, uh, for Blackrock there last week um you know and be, be back playing it's it's just uh it's really really admirable and um, she should be so proud like and um she's a, a role model for any of those who you know have been diagnosed uh, in the past or have been struck down by any illness to to get back and I'm sure it was a really nice goal and achievement for her to do that but uh, look fair play to her um you know it's just uh, you know something she can look back on and be immensely proud of
0: for sure, and it even shows as well like how much of an outlet rugby can be for everyone as well.
1: Absolutely, I, I've always spoken about um, why I really fell in love with rugby, absolutely I love the game, but for me it's the, the camaraderie and the rugby community and the social side of things, it's such an inclusive and, and welcoming sport and everybody, not just your own teammates but the other teams are well, you know, really pulled together in tough times and I'm sure Blackrock were a massive support to her when she needed an, and a huge outlet.
0: You could see that rugby camaraderie as well when it was announced Alison Miller is to join the Rugby Players Ireland Hall of Fame. Uh, what you make of that one?
1: Yeah, look, delighted for her and for me, this is inevitable and, and um, you know, she's the best winger we've produced ever in our lifetime for Ireland. Um, luckily enough for me, or maybe not, as some might say, uh, when I played for Ireland myself and Ali were roommates, uh, particularly <laughs> during the 2017 World Cup, you know, and... Um, she's um an unusual character to say the least she's driven and she's determined and she was um you know she has some freakish strength um you know her speed was phenomenal her footwork her fend was brilliant but outside of the pitch she was uh a character, to say the least she'd make people laugh she'd come up with some crazy crazy ideas and she'd rub people up the wrong way but she is uh, a wonderful person with a heart of gold and you know she's finished playing a couple of years now and has um, made a huge impact on the on the community and obviously she was also an old Belvo teammate as well she started rugby late in life you know so for me when I joined at the age of 23 you know she was telling me that she didn't start rugby till she was 26 and, and look what she managed to achieve in her career both in 7s and 15s and there's uh, no one else more deserving of a place in this team. You know, she scored a hat trick the day that we won the, the Six Nations in, in 2015 and a phenomenal person on and off the pitch um, who, you know, everybody has a good a good word and a good story to tell about her. She loved her cup of tea and a good a good story after training. So um, she's fondly remembered both on and off the pitch.
0: Any crazy roommate stories for us? <laughs>
1: and just that she was just a bit mad overall (laughs) to be honest I just remember in the World Cup it felt like a really really long three weeks you know the 2017 World Cup uh, wasn't going too well for us you know but she was always that beacon of positivity and light regardless of what was happening I do remember in a seventh tournament we were over in um playing in Vegas for the very first time and we had a a really early game on the Sunday I think it was like half 8 and we had to be up at 6am and um, you know Miller probably wasn't uh, the best person to be around first thing in the morning to be honest Um, you know but I I just remember her dedication and stuff like that but she we played Fiji that morning and she broke her arm um, and play wasn't stopped and the referee didn't see it and didn't mm. know and didn't stop and she went on and she made two more tackles with that broken wow. arm to stop Fiji from scoring a try and um, you know and it was only then that she managed to come off and it just shows that one her ability but her dedication and her perseverance that she wanted to be the best player out there and she would put her body on the line for that she ended up in a cast and of course she got a nice bright pink, pink calf a cast after that but for me that just showed the, the length she was willing to do in an Ireland jersey um you know and Look her, her exploits across her career are phenomenal she was a, a super try scorer for us and like obviously her most famous try in that 2014 world cup has been played thousands of times um you know around the world and yeah look she's missed uh you've made me actually want to give her a text now after <laughs> this and have a catch up it's been a while amazing so <laughs> coming back to
0: the current crop of uh, players i guess ireland under 20 international and Bow is a star Kate Flannery has really been impressive so far, and she's coming out on top on the stats front, too. 20 points so far this season, closely followed by Railway Union's Nikki Cahy on 16. The two out out halves are flying there, Hannah.
1: Yeah, look, obviously, we're two rounds in, you know, plenty of rounds to go. at this moment in time, it is the kickers who are dominating, uh, mm. particularly in teams who maybe have had uh, a couple of high scoring wins recently and therefore had an- another extra um, opportunities of kicking conversions. But yeah, look, Clay F- Kay Flannery, uh, still only 19 years of age. Um, you know, playing really well at the minute played under 20s for Ireland this year and I think that's a, a huge stat we also saw um, Corrigan from Belvo score two tries she's an under 18 Irish international and and for me this is highlighting the, the pathways and the the developments that you know uh, are being brought along and this is the first year this year we've had an under 20s team mm. um, a couple of England and France and those have had teams for a couple of years now so we're kind of catching up to them but it shows that if we put the structures and pathways in place that we will produce players at senior level that can compete and do really well and I, I was really impressed by by Kay flannery i saw her highlights you know kicking 10 out of 12 uh conversions this this weekend is phenomenal phenomenal achievement um you know and she's only going to get better in that role and um, and it's whether she can bring that kind of game management skills along with obviously her clearly excellent kicking technique
0: that development pathway that you're talking about is something scott Beamond was really big on in his first press conference what did you make of kind of what he was chatting about he was obviously talking about those pathways and then big on clarity and purpose and this kind of thing too
1: yeah look he has a big job ahead of him uh, he's been in the role a couple of months now but you know his background being in with England rugby he obviously has a wealth of knowledge and experience he's been in a successful team and knows what it takes in order to be successful and, and what we need to put in place and I think his comments around clarity and goals and purpose is is really really important in that if you want a team to be successful and to be heading in the right direction we all have to have the one clear and common goal so we know what we're focusing on but then we also need to know exactly how we're going to achieve that and that's why those structures and that clarity in terms of team roles individual roles uh, what direction we're going and why we're taking this direction or why we're we're um, doing what we're doing in order to achieve those goals and I think it's really important for him to set them out early and um, you know so that everybody understands what he's trying to achieve um, and that it's not going to happen overnight it's going to take time it's going to be a step by step process and um, in order to reach that end goal which is obviously get out of WXV3 initially first of all and then start moving up um, I suppose the the ranking spots in uh, world rugby and then in the Six Nations obviously improving our position on last year but but uh, that will take time. But I'm really just impressed by him. As I said, he has that knowledge and that experience and players should be kind of on his side in terms of looking to see what we can improve. Nobody wants to see what we saw last year. Um, And I think his decision... Um, to pick uh, Samantha Monaghan and uh, Adele McMahon or Tricky as co-captains was a phenomenal one because we've probably lost a, an awful lot of experienced players in the past and with Nicola Friday stepping down at, at such a, a young age yeah. um, and one of our most experienced players, I was kind of worried where we were going to find that leadership. For me, uh, it's brilliant for someone like Adele McMahon. She's been around a really long time. She's just been plagued by injuries, So this would be a really great boost for her and she gets to kind of, Shorten the load a little bit with someone like Sam uh, Monaghan who has been phenomenal for Ireland over the last number of years and they can kind of bring that leadership together and it's not all on one shoulders and, and hopefully spread that to what will be a very youthful and inexperienced team for Ireland at this uh, V 3
0: For sure and then finally just before we get into this round of fixtures obviously he shed light as well on the unfortunate injury to Derv Linnekeverd she'll be a big miss
1: yeah look obviously and when I was given some kind of predictions for you know players of the year and all the rest and who was going to be a standout um, Derv Vard had had a phenomenal year last year and I was hoping obviously to bring it into this year but unfortunately the nature of rugby and it being a contact sport uh, she's come out on the wrong side of it and unfortunately it's on her ACL and will be out for a significant amount of time that is a huge blow for Ireland and for Munster and for Belvo as well but Look, injuries are part and parcel of the game. It's never nice to see and I obviously wish her the best of luck and her success. I, I was uh, gave her a text last week to wish her well, but... You know, it's an opportunity for someone else to step up and grab a jersey, you know, mm. and uh, particularly I know she's kind of been a bit of a hybrid player <laughs> playing hooker, back row and, and winger. And um, so there's an opportunity, particularly at hooker, for somebody to step in there and then back row where we're fairly competitive. There's an opportunity for a younger player to maybe uh, show what they can do in in the um, a- energy AIL and, you know, Scott might might pick up on that and see how we go but it's devastating but unfortunately injuries are part and parcel of the game and hopefully we get to see her back to her best uh, next season.
0: Definitely. Well, getting into this weekend's Energy AIL action we'll have a look back on the results since we last spoke so Balancolig played Setonians. 12 twelve five to score on that one. Old Belvedere bet Wicklow 32 nil Railway Union versus Cook 71 7. And then UL Bowes with a convincing win over Galwegians as well. We'll start off with the Ballancolic Setonians one, Hannah. Uh, I suppose. This is an interesting one because going into halftime, they were still nil nil They were just struggling to break each other down for a bit.
1: Yeah, look, obviously conditions played a massive role in this. Um, You know, the weather wasn't the nicest last weekend and unfortunately these two would play and you can tell by the, the flags there right in the middle of the screen that there's a really, really strong wind against the Tonians here and they're really struggling to get out and um, having to carry the ball a little bit. And it, it gets a little messy in these conditions and they opt to kick. However, and colic take massive advantage of this and we have a huge break here uh, by the fullback. But what impresses me the most Yes, there's poor poor tackling there by Setonians and they mm. wish they do better. But the offloading and the slick hands in these conditions and these wet, wet conditions, uh, to score that try by Ellen Cornan is phenomenal. And Balancholic started off really, really well um last week and they were hoping to go, you know, 2-0 up here and kind of get a bit spurt after, you know, not the best season last year, but Setonians we know are strong. Um, they've co they were coached by Stephen Costello last year, who's moved on to Railway this year. But their strength mainly is their forward pack here, led by Mary Healy um, mm. at prop, and in both tries that we're going to see here uh, the forwards just basically start to tuck it up the jumper carry really hard into contact uh, making metres each time um, and they manage to get over the line here Uh, and and at these close quarters and in these conditions when it's wet and you're practically going to slide and make contact and and win the gain line every time it's very very difficult to defend from a a balancolic point of view Um, and you know were were really well worth their win here in the two tries so they score here and then their second try is another kind of up the jumper By forwards, and um, Mary Healy gets over in the corner. Uh, And the big thing here is that there was no pressure. So they score here the conversion is easy because it's nice and close to the post so they're 7-5 up and then kind of the pressure is off here a little bit when they score their second try because the conversion ends up being out in the corner in these difficult difficult conditions yeah um, it's really
0: emphasised there isn't it like you can see it with work. the
1: flags and the camera work you can see the rain coming down but they recognise that you know it's not a day for wingers that um, it's difficult to get these pass in the wind is a factor and they, they see their strength there's huge huge carry there up the middle um, and they just manage to keep it tight they get their structure going they recognize it's a team game um, and it's just very clever play. And they go back down the short side. They recognize Ball and have, have overfolded a little bit and they manage, as I said, to score in the corner here uh, by Mary Healy. And look, well worth their win. Not the best conditions, as we mentioned. Oh, both teams do have to play in it, and Setonians just managed it a little bit better in, in this regard.
0: Like Would that be frustrating from a valancholic point of view, given that they did have the lead and they kind of let it slip?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Look, as I said, they uh, wanted to get off to a really good start in this game and they did. But unfortunately, you know, when you're defending in those tight quarters, you'll eventually run out of numbers if, if the attacking team have, have kind of got their structure right. And um, they'll just be looking to, to next week's game and hopefully better conditions, but also a better result.
0: And as you say, in those tough conditions, it's all the more, I suppose, harder to even get the tries and get scores. Yeah,
1: look, like you won't see any fancy uh, rugby being played, you're going, you're not really going to get any missed passes, you're not going to see your wingers dazzling and shining and all the rest, because as you said, you want to keep it tight, you want to keep it, the ball gets slippy, you want, you want to just short quick passes and, and try and move it there, but uh, as a, a former winger myself, they're the frustrating days, but they're the ones that you have to trust your teammates and, and trust that they're getting the job done for you.
0: Yeah, and uh, moving on then to Old Belvalier's win over Wicklow, 32 to nil, the score there, uh, eventually come full-time. It must be kind of frustrating for the teams to have such big score gaps. I know that's not the biggest of the weekend, but it is a convincing one nonetheless.
1: Yeah, look, I think the the most frustrating thing here for Wicklow is that they were shut out. Yeah. Um, all Belvedere still obviously have a few players away with internationals. Wicklow struggling, missing a few players um, that they would have had uh, last year, particularly obviously Ella Roberts, who was one of their standouts is unfortunately not playing for this, but uh, Belleville's forwards really step up in this game and we're going to see this in some of their clips here where their scrum was absolutely dominated mm-hmm. and Wicklow had um, no reply to that, no response and nearly every time that uh, Old Belvedere got a penalty they were opting for the scrum because they knew they'd end up with either an advantage um, or a penalty Gemma Farrell chooses that that's within range and, and hits the, the penalty to go ahead she kicks two penalties scores a try um, and I think hits two conversions in this game to get 14 points but here we see again Gemma Farrell pulling the strings off the back of a, um, a scrum she throws an absolutely lovely yeah. dummy here on what's meant to be a DSP a dummy switch pass Wicklow are in sixes and sevens they don't know who's picking up who they don't know where the ball is and it's a fairly easy try in the end a really nice one for Gemma Farrell to be able to spot that really good awareness and but a little bit of poor defense from the Wicklow side as I mentioned, once again, we see here Al Belvedere recognising the strength they have at set-piece and at scrum. Um, and here is where we see Katie Cargan. we will get a penalty again, but they decide to go quick. They recognise the space is on, uh, and the ball ends up in the hands of um, number 13 here, Katie Cargan, under-18 Irish international, skips a few tackles here and finishes brilliantly, showing her, her pace and her heels. And she plays a prominent role in uh, the next two tries that we're going to see, um, particularly this one here, where poor kick again and a lot of these tries come from kind of Wicklow's misfortune yes you can't do anything with the scrum here but Emma Tilly does really well another young and upcoming um, Irish international uh, Katie Carrigan here her fence I think she gets three fens in this inside her own 22 22 three fence to finish it off, looks like she's about to finish the try uh, and there is an absolutely brilliant cover uh, tackle there from uh, the Wicklow player but Katie still managed to get the offload, Elisa Byrne-White grabs onto it there, her experience bringing massive knowledge and who gets on the end of it but try merchant Leslie Ring, you know an (laughs) old experienced head of Belvo gets on the end of that and says thank you very much, that's what I get for chasing play uh, down the pitch uh, and all my hard work but Oh, Belvedere, well worth their win. A bonus point here, but Wicklow be really disappointed because they rarely fire a shot in this game. Uh, if you're seeing, like, all these highlights are all about Belva going yeah. forward. Wicklow barely had any possession in this game. Um, they can't really use the weather as an excuse. Yes, it wasn't the nicest conditions, but it wasn't exactly what we saw in the Ballincollig game. And once again here, we see that um, Emma Chilly to the four again gets on a try here. And Katie Carrigan finishes off uh, with a try last minute for Belva. And they kind of run away with this. And Wicklow probably haven't hit the heights that we've seen them hit last season. Yeah. Um, and they'll be disappointed with their slow start here now. So they're winless. Um, and they'll be looking for a run of games where they can kind of get their confidence back, get their players back in um, and, you know, just try and get that morale back up a little bit because they have some really good rugby players here, you know, and they just, they weren't given a chance. Belvo were too good and too slick here. Really, really nice hands um, by Belvo. As I mentioned, emmet Tilly to the four again, she gets taken down here. And what Belvo do really, really well is they move the ball wide and they stretch a team. So they're here right inside their uh, own five meter line uh, from the touchline here. And they'll start, you'll see it. They'll move the ball all the way across. They recognize they have penalty advantage, um, and they start to stretch Wicklow completely and eventually Wicklow run out of players uh, and Belva have the really good hands here to move it away Um and as you can see, Wicklow run out of players very quickly. And even though the pass wasn't the most accurate, it's a really nice and easy run in for uh, Katie Corrigan on her very first AIL start. Two tries, not bad.
0: Unbelievable, isn't it? Because herself, <laughs> I'd say, Corrigan and Telly kind of run the show there. It must be kind of a sign, to think, a sign of things to come, maybe, that they'll be leaders for that old Bavard. Game. Yeah, and
1: look, they're so young. They're still learning their trade. They're, they still have uh, so much experience and, and learning of the game to do. But to be able to showcase the talent that you have uh, this early on and be able to learn from the experienced players around you they still have the likes of Dana O'Brien to come in and while obviously Dur- uh, Brittany Hogan uh, Derva Nickovard is injured obviously but she'll be around and she no doubt will um, be you know helping those girls out and-, and those in her position will be obviously filling her spot but the Old Belvedere have a really, really good mix of experienced heads in there, the likes of Leslie Ring um, and then obviously these these youngsters coming through that are full of talent and, you know, they, they're not shy and they're not afraid to get stuck in and, and show what they're about.
0: Moving on then, Railway Union 71-7 over Cook. They also had the rescheduled game over Setonians, But looking at this Cook game, Hannah, nine different try scorers. It really shows the strength and depth. That you were talking about
1: before? Yeah, look, obviously railway runners up last year they're always going to be strong and we know that they're obviously missing a couple of internationals as well in a way and the likes of Lily Peach isn't here playing in this either but they still have a, a number of players who can do serious damage here and Uh, I mentioned her a little bit last year, but Ava Ryder gets on the end of this first try here. She is another young player. and This is what our pathways are doing. They're producing and giving us opportunities to see these young players who are starting to now stand out at at senior level. And she scores the first try here and does very, very well um, for Railway. This ends up being a washout, uh, 72-7. I know Cook do score in in the first half um, through Niamh Marley, but Railway are completely and utterly dominant here. Steph Carroll has... uh, a ridiculous amount of speed. I think she beats, you know, twelve or thirteen of the cook players here who can't get near her. Um, you know, and they're still then have the likes of Eva Doyle to come in, um, you know, and Nikki Kahi there at ten for them to be able to run the show and be that experienced player is phenomenal for them. I think she hits eight conversions as well, um, for them mon- and their ability to just keep getting scores, keep the, the scoreboard ticking over is phenomenal. And they have a new head coach here in Stephen Costello. Obviously, he's taken over from JC last year. And, um, you know, and he will want to put his own spin on things, but he'll be able to do that at a much quicker rate because these players already have really good structures behind them. You know, they have already uh, they already know what it's like to win. They know exactly what standards they need to hit in order to achieve their goals. And so, um, you know, Railway are looking like they're in a really, really promising position despite, you know, being down a few players that are still yet to come in for this season
0: if you're so that's the railway side of things if you're on the cook side of things how do you look at development there it's tough look
1: and look games like this don't help they knew coming into this that they had a huge task ahead of them and unfortunately in the position that cook are in um and look this is a brilliant try here by neve marley and it's great for them to get some sort of reward uh, after all the hard work they're putting in and because nobody likes to to play a game and, and, and not get scored all and you know 10-12 tries being scored against you but for Cook it's about uh, taking the small things in these games not trying to look at the result as a whole but picking out little bits here and there and, and working on how we can improve it so what do we need to is it our set piece that we want to focus on or is it our tackling is it our handling or our passing and trying to improve that week on week um, in order to you know um, try and improve the squad or our game as a whole, like and again setting up these structures, do they have goals? Are they getting good numbers of training? You know, can they work on things if everybody's there? And uh, I've no doubt these girls are giving as much as they can. They're probably just their development is a little bit behind. Um, purely from the point of view that Rail we have experienced internationals there and Cook you know, don't unfortunately have uh, that same level of experience in their squad. It will take time. There will be games where they will see opportunities to to try and get some points in. But against the likes of all Belvedere, Bose, you know, Black Rock, Railway, it's about damage or limitation, kind of damage limitation and, and whether they can get a score or two like they did here.
0: From the railway point of view then, obviously they're showing dominance here and did so well uh, last year and several years before that as (laughs) well. But uh, is it important for them to show that dominance then and not drop points early?
1: Yeah, look, and I think, uh, you know, particularly against the likes of Cook where they go up fairly early and the, the points are being racked up, I think there's a level of respect there to show that we're not going to let up here against Cook you know that they they maybe easily could have taken the foot off the pedal but they want to be respectful they want to play the game like they would against anybody else and so they they keep pushing on there's also a lot of girls there who are in it who are competitive and I know that when all the internationals come back they're going to have to really start fighting for their places and here's their opportunity to show that and um, you know and when you're playing a team where you are the superior team you want to be showing that level of dominance and you want to be trying to bring up the standards across the 23 so that when you come up against the more difficult teams like UL Bowes and Bellevue and Black Rock that your team are physically ready for it and you have that experience in place from anyone that needs to be called upon Um, you know and you want to build that um, I suppose week on week morale and confidence and, and try and build a bit of momentum going into the next game.
0: And obviously they're pushing off the table now as a result. We'll have a look at that in a few moments. But first of all, UL Bow's racked up 82 points against Galwegians. Fiona Hayes must be absolutely over the moon here, I'd say.
1: Yeah, look, so obviously very similar to uh, Railway and Sim Costello inheriting a, a fairly decent team. You know, Fee Hayes, a, a UL Bow stalwart in her own days and a, a, a monster legend. Um, has inherited a fairly decent team here in UL Bowes. Uh, similarly enough UL Bowes are not at their full strength they still have the experience of the likes of Clodo Halloran uh, playing but they are missing the likes of Nicole Cronin who usually pulls the strings for them there and um, for for Fije's this game, she probably doesn't learn an awful lot about her team. She's still only taking over the reins. Yes, obviously she she used to play, so she knows them quite well. But she, again, wants to put her own mark and things after coming from Ballincollig, and, and she's in a very different situation to uh, where she was in Ballincollig, where UL Bow's are expected to win an awful lot of games, whereas Ballincollig, you know, there were definitely some games where there was no pressure there because there was no expectation to win. And that's something that maybe Fee will have to try and take on board and try to get the best out of her players. Uh, she has some phenomenal players there, and the likes of Steph Noonan, who's been, um, you know, a star in that Munster team for the last number of years, has been doing really, really well. And this game against Galwegians was fairly handy in the end. Here, there's. Look, they still have to get the job done. They still go and score 12 tries. As we mentioned earlier, I was really impressed by Kate Flannery, 10 out of 12 conversions. She pulls the string really well. She sees the backfield really well and recognized opportunities when there was space here. Um, and we've had this discussion many, many times before about the, the 10 role for Ireland in the future. And if she keeps playing the way she is and gets more opportunities at under-20 level, you know she can be another real option down the line uh, for Ireland at senior international level. Looking at the other side of things, um, it's tough. This was a tough day for Galwegians. Um they probably always struggle to have massive numbers um in their squads purely because of a location-based type thing. Um, you know, and they have long-term uh, players like Orla Dixon, Grace Brown Moore and have been trying to keep this team going for a very long time. And then obviously Mary Healy and Nicole Fowley at 10. But Nicole Fowley has been rewarded for her her form in in uh, recent months and is now in with the Irish team, and so she's now not playing AAL for Galwegians. And while obviously like Galwegians are surely delighted that she's been involved in this, she's been pulled away from the club side, and that hits them massively. When you're a leader, you're a kicker, you're you're kind of. Um, The conductor the person who pulls the strings is not there anymore and you're expecting someone else to step into that role who may not be as familiar who may not be as confident you're going to see a a decline in performance and and for for Galwegians you know that's been really tough for them and um, unfortunately like 82-0 I was shocked when I saw the result but you know looking at this UL bows were far, far too strong for them and Galway just needs to get some sort of structure in place. Their defence needs a little bit reorganising. Their tackle technique probably needs a little bit of uh, work there. They're kind of falling off a lot of players and we see there Chisholm Aguero uh, scoring a couple of tries. Her brother's in the Munster Academy. You know, there's that um, there's that family uh, ties and connections there down in, in Munster. But... Ulbos are continuing to produce these young outstanding players and and similar enough to Old Belvedere there's a lot of young players there who um are mixed in with that experience the likes of Claude O'Halloran and then when you have a, a coach like Fee Hayes who's done it all and played senior international rugby she can give you that um that experience and that whole kind of drive of I've been here I know what it's like I know exactly what I'm doing and like believe in me and trust in me and we'll get there and at the start of the season, I probably wouldn't have seen Bows as top top contenders, but they're they're proving me wrong with the scorelines and the tries that they're racking up.
0: Could be a dark horse.
1: Could be a dark horse.
0: <laughs> Time for a quick break now. Watch our Energy AIL captains compete in the Straw Challenge, and we'll be back then to preview this weekend's games. That's <laughs> one.
1: <laughs> 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 stop it oh. okay, go. Go on.
0: Okay. you're watching the Sports Energia AIL Rugby Show brought to you by Energia we're back here to take a look at the table just to give you a lay of the land heading into the weekend it's looking a bit uh, spicy already there Hannah
1: yeah look obviously we're, we're only two rounds in and um, You know, so there's an awful lot of rugby to be played yet. Obviously, those teams at the top there, Bows, Railway, uh, Belvo, you know, they're all two wins from two, fairly expected. Uh, You know, Balloncolic, in fairness to them, um, doing quite well. Disappointed, obviously, with with last weekend's result, but they'll be hoping to build on this and and stay in that top half of the table. But you obviously then look at the likes of BlackRock. They've still only played once. They've got five points. So, you know... This early on, the table is a little bit, you know, skewed. It, it's skewed a little <laughs> bit. So um, in a couple of weeks, we'll have a better idea of where teams really are at and a better idea of, of kind of where they should be in the table, I suppose. So
0: then looking ahead to this weekend's games, we have Setonians and New Bulls, Galwegians and Railway Union. Uh, Cook and ballon colleague, and then Wicklow and Black Rock. So diving into that. Satonians and UL Bowes, The chance for Suetonians to restore a
1: bit of order? Yeah, look, obviously Satonians would be delighted they got off to off the mark um, you know, last weekend, but a much bigger challenge now up against UL Bowes. They are at home, they tend to get really good home support and play a little bit better at home for some reason. Um but you know, they've added a couple of new additions uh, into their squad there, but they will be led by the likes of Mary Healy and, and hoping that they can get a win. But I'd say the way UL Bows are going, they're high in confidence and, and they should win this one fairly handily.
0: Touched on Chisholm Uguweru's tries there earlier. She's just so fast and powerful. She seems to be picking up a bit of momentum and hype as well
1: yeah look as I mentioned she has that family pedigree there um, you know she got a lot of hype at the end of last season because she scored a, a phenomenal try in the uh, energy AAL cup final for railway uh, she's a young player she kind of burst on the scene a couple of years ago for Munster uh, I think she was injured or stepped away for a year um, and is back. But I think she's still only very, very young and has a huge career. And, and this is like this is the third or fourth time I've mentioned a teenager or a, a really young player kind of bursting onto the scene and doing really well. And that's what we want to see with Ireland. You know, we want to see those structures, those developments and those players coming out of the back of that. So particularly the under 18s at both at sevens and 15s Um last couple of years have been really, really fruitful for us and has produced some phenomenal players. And hopefully we continue to see that and then they make it to, to senior level and start having a real impact on our team.
0: And Galwegian's host uh, Railway Union, this could be another tough one for
1: them. Yeah, look, um, Dave Moore has a uh, sorry, Dave Clark has a, a, a tough job on his hands uh, this weekend, particularly to try and build up his players and the morale and get confidence going heading into this game. There's a lot of teams who you go. This is going to be a tough one, but you know, players. When you're the underdog, sometimes it gives you that little bit of impetus. We've nothing to lose. Why not just go out there and give everything? And Galwegians have always been a team that will do that. And as I mentioned, led by the likes of Orla Dixon, captain, who's been there a very, very long time, and in the centres there, you know, they'll be saying they're on their home patch. where well, we have to travel to us. I don't really care how good they are. We're going to kind of steadfast and look they will be looking to keep that scoreline down and, and maybe try and get over for a couple of scores themselves.
0: Cook then against Balincollig, obviously Cook. yet to get off the mark. Do you reckon this could be the week again to make
1: a dent in that? If any week, there's going to be one. It's definitely this one. Look, will be disappointed with last weekend's result. Um, you know they they got off to a flyer in the first round, winning their first game, and and kind of were brought back down a peg or two last week. But for Cook, this is the game. This is the opportunity for them to to get the win. I think, you know, um. For them, they're at home. You know, they don't have to travel. It's a very long journey for Ballancolic to get up there. uh, So they need to try and use that to their advantage. They'd be hoping to go out and get a lightning quick, fast start and then kind of defend for their lives almost in that. But uh, this should be the pick of the games in terms of how tightly contested this should be at the weekend. And I'd love nothing on Ballancolic, but I'd love for Cook to see all their hard work and their effort rewarded over the last couple of years uh, to get the win on this and and try and kickstart their season.
0: On the balancolic side of things, obviously they had Michelle O'Driscoll, Gillian Coombs, Heather Kennedy and Rosie Normand uh, decking out for Munster there against Barbar- Barbarians fostering that kind of strong team connection
1: there as well yeah look uh, there was a number of Irish internationals and energy AAL players uh, playing for the Barbarians um, and against the Barbarians this weekend obviously but uh, it, it's a phenomenal occasion Munster Barbarians it's been played a number of times over the last couple of seasons and we're seeing more and more Ireland internationals being uh, picked for the Barbarian side but even for the girls who are playing for Munster and representing Munster Anytime Munster's is a very proud province obviously and particularly rugby is as a huge part of their culture and Tradition and um, anyone who gets to pull on a monster jersey knows how privileged and lucky they are. And then to get to do it against a barbarian side, uh, you know, is phenomenal. I'd say it was a great atmosphere for them and, and they'll be buzzing after that, uh, you know, and, and looking to go into this game, kind of building off that momentum.
0: For sure. Last year's champions then back in action this weekend. I'm sure they'll be firing on all cylinders there.
1: Yeah, look, they had an off week, it's the way it kind of goes uh, with the the AAL this year, but um, Blackrock had a great start to the season, managed to get a bonus point, handy enough win there, and... Uh they'll be raring to go you know you know yourself when you're playing and you're watching every other team play and you're just itching to play I'm sure part of them didn't mind when the weather was so bad that they had an off week but (laughs) yeah look everybody just wants to play rugby and show how good they are and Black Rock's another side like Railway who are very very competitive and they know they've an awful lot more internationals to come back in and so people are trying to put their hand up early and and stake their their place in the team and solidify it there so that even when the internationals come in you know they're not getting kicked out in the place and and stuck on the bench so uh, it should be a good one, they should win fairly handily, in, in my opinion. Um, for me, they've kind of, from what I saw in the first game, they've been the front runner so far.
0: Mm. And then, just on that as well, obviously, they have quite a few debutants, as you say, stepping in for those international players. How do you kind of cement your place in that team or even get them to settle in quickly? <laughs>
1: Well, look, I I think that the easiest thing to do is do your job and do it well. And a lot of the times it doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be flair. You know, you don't necessarily have to score or make a try saving tackle. You just have to know your role and and do the simple things, you know, make the pass when it's on, make the tackle when it's in front of you and, you know, be really good at rucking and communicate well with your teammates and bring that kind of positive attitude. And a lot of the youngsters that we see, as you said, they've no fear. And I think that's a big thing. You have to come into it and just go, I've been picked because I'm good enough and this is my opportunity here to show that I'm good enough. You know, and if I do my job well enough, then hopefully I'll, I'll get to stick around and keep being handed a jersey.
0: Well, just to recap then, here's your fixtures for the weekend again and the start times and the venues listed there you can keep up to date with all the action on Irish Rugby where you'll have the energy uh, streams and highlights as well as coverage over on her Uh no game for Old Velvo this weekend Hannah yeah,
1: every team gets a rest every now and then so they'll be keeping a close eye on uh, all the teams that are playing this weekend gives them an extra week you know a training to sort a few bits out obviously their set piece has gone well but they'll have other bits that they want to kind of fix on and rely on and particularly those new youngsters coming in it gives them another opportunity Opportunity to really get to know what way this team wants to play and get to understand how their teammates like to play and I'm sure they'll come out for next week
0: and just you touched on it there but you think the pick of the games is Cook-Balancholic?
1: Yeah just because I think to be honest the other games might end up being slightly a little bit one-sided I hope I'm wrong uh, but the Cook-Balancholic both teams obviously colleague want to get back to that winning ways, Cook haven't won yet and so they'll be looking to, to kickstart their season so for me that should be a really tightly contested one um, as I said my head says colleague but my heart says Cook
0: We'll have to wait and see and look at that one to, to find out about all the action This has been the Her Sport Energia AIL Rugby Show brought to you by Energia Thanks so much Hannah, for joining us this week
1: No worries, thanks for having me
0: And we'll see you in the next episode